Rosa, I'm overcome with a lot of emotions with how divided people are in this state of the world. And I think that now more than ever is a time for women to come together and lift each other up regardless of their circumstances. But it's not always easy. And sometimes we can let our pride get in the way, not really wanting to lose ourselves when we see other people succeed. Have you ever had that experience yourself? Of course I have. (laughs) (laughs) We're all human, Alisa. We're all human. These are human emotions, right? And they're human emotions about being threatened around something that you don't really know or comprehend. So that happens to the best of us. Yeah, I hate when I compare myself to other women and then I hate catching myself because I don't want to be that person. I want to be community over competition and I want to like all love each other and make each other shine. (laughs) But it's not that easy all the time. No, I know. I know it's funny you say that because you also don't have to like everybody. (laughs) You're actually really good at that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. You don't have to like everybody. I mean, you have to be nice. You have to be respectful. You have to be graceful. And in whatever way possible, of course, we have to lift each other up and we have to support each other. And at the same time, I don't think it's a 100% requirement that, you know, you have to do it for every single human on the planet. Now, can we do more? Of course we can. You know, I actually think it's easier when you find a group of people that you feel most passionate about. So you and I and Medadi, we're all about advancing multicultural women in the workplace. I think when we set some intentions and view it as part of our purpose in life, it makes it easier not to compare and not to judge because you go back to what you believe in. And so for us, it's advancing multicultural women. So when we do see another multicultural woman advancing, it's like this automatic check that it does for us to remind ourselves, wait, this is what I'm about. I think it also is healthy to a certain extent, because I think it can help you push yourself to do more and not just to stay with that baseline, but really knowing that if she was able to do that, I can do it too. If that helps, hey, let's go for it. Let's put the effort. Let's be determined. Let's ramp up our commitment to achieve our goals. And if that is the flame that ignites our fire, so be it. Well, through this podcast, we actually have a fan. (laughs) My name is Gloria Diaz. I am a fourth year PhD candidate at the University of Michigan within the Department of Chemistry. She approached us on Instagram and she was like, I'm so excited. Like, I love this podcast so much. (laughs) I think when I discovered you guys, I was just like, oh my God, someone from Pfizer is here? Wow. She's actually a micro-influencer herself. She helps Latinas in STEM get into grad school, and she's made it her current life passion to help bring other women along while she's finishing her final year in her PhD program. I'm in the Department of Chemistry, but once you get into a PhD level, 
you tend to focus on a very niche research topic. Do you want to know what she studies? <laughs> what? Developing droplet microfluidic platforms to profile epigenetic modifications. Within the field of biology, there are all of these assays or tests that we can utilize to actually look at different biomarkers or biological properties. When she first described it to us, I was like, okay, how can you explain that in layman's terms? You have your DNA that is passed down from our parents to us. But in addition to that, we now know that there are traits that are also passed down to us that are not specifically associated with the DNA in our cells. It's more activity of the genes or molecular machinery that goes on in those cells. And we can also change that based on our life experiences, adapting to different settings. Specifically, I look at trying to map what it is those mechanisms are within our cells. And I wanna do it in a way that I have a very tiny probably the size of a credit card, and I could probably take a prick of your blood, put that blood on a chip, and look at a specific target. Like, it's like no big deal. We I know this that. world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally get it. <laughs> If I were to explain it to someone very young, I would basically tell them I get paid to go to school. She actually said, and I get three letters afterwards, PhD, and I got that. <laughs> because it's not easy to add knowledge to the world. You need to become an expert at it, and it's going to take you five years after you've gotten your bachelor's and focused on a specific major. Gloria's had her own journey of understanding her own identity in this world of science as a Latina, and she has seen the importance of coming together, supporting each other, giving each other resources. She literally holds women's hands who are going through PhD application programs. She gives all the secrets to getting into grad school, that's what she does. She has become a wealth of information of just supporting her own people. But it didn't happen right away. It took her some time to understand the importance of allowing other women to shine. There was definitely like a period, I just started to see more people of color, Hispanic people, more women coming into STEM. And I was like, jealous and angry and like I was getting overlooked. I got to a point where I was like, I don't want to feel this way. Like I, I don't want to feel like someone is taking the spotlight away from me. And so I told myself, just start congratulating everyone so that jealousy doesn't get to your heart. And so I would congratulate all my friends. I would congratulate everyone on anything. I would even share like job opportunities with girls that were like, aren't you applying for this? And I was like, yeah, but you can apply too. <laughs> I just really believe in the shine theory that when, you know, one of us does well, all of us do well. When I shine, you shine and vice versa. Gloria had a hard time getting into grad school. She had a GPA that wasn't ideal. She had other people in her life trying to help her get into her program. But I love that she was vulnerable enough to share with us that she hasn't always felt like that. And that's what we were talking about. I think it took a lot of reflection and journaling where I started to really be blunt with myself about my internal biases and my jealousies about a lot of women. And I said, I don't want to be that type of woman. I want to be happy for everyone and everything that they're achieving. It's a process of getting to that place where you realize we have to come together and we have to support each other. And I'm not going to lie, sometimes it still gets to me, but I've gotten to a point where my self-talk is very solid and I can 
go outside of that mentality because that's not who I am. So I'm curious for you, Rosa, what keeps you going and reminding yourself that we have to support each other? You know, when I think about this, a lot of our journeys are, in fact, very lonely journeys for many different circumstances. By the time you get to where you want it to go is when I think you look back and say to yourself, wow, that was tough. It was tough to get here. Thinking about having to relive that process, that journey that I said sometimes is in solitude and you feel like you are on this marathon but with all these hurdles that you have to overcome. To go back at the beginning and have to do it again so somebody else can actually succeed. It sounds exhausting. (laughs) No, and I don't think it's just exhausting. I think it just brings about passion in the wrong way. Because a lot of these journeys is about proving others wrong. I can do what you're doing and I'm going to do it better. So getting back again to start that journey, it's again going back through all of that emotion or emotional distress that you've carried and you've left behind because you finally made it, whatever that may be. And I think that's part of the reason why it takes us a little bit of time to kind of say, okay, come on, you need to be that role model. You need to be that one to make their journeys not as painful as yours was. It's hard for me to relate to people who had to work really hard to get to where they were because I've always had people bringing me up. And with that, I have no excuse to help other people. I don't have this story where I can say, I work so hard, I'm not going to bring anyone. Like the only way I've gotten anywhere has been because of other people. So I feel more pressure to lift other people up because it was paid forward to me. I want to continue to do it. So it comes naturally to me, thankfully. But I do think that if it doesn't, there are some internal factors that have to come into play and take some time to kind of think about if you don't want to help someone, like why not? I think one of the things that just sticks with me is that if I've seen further than anyone else is because I'm standing on the shoulders of women that came before me. So I know I'm not going to be at the top forever, and I'm happy to be the support system for another woman at the top. I always pick up the phone because I think I've told this story here on how many phone calls I had to make to get my first job, right? There was that person who picked up the phone, who invited me in and gave me the opportunity. And it was just the opportunity to listen so you wouldn't feel like you were nobody and that you can just that tiny gesture provides a platform of possibility to the other person. And I always think somebody did it for me. I needed to do it for somebody else. Now, again, do I say, is that easy? And to your point, I think some of our journeys may have been easier than others. There's some women out there that truly had to fight for every single thing that they've accomplished. So getting to a point where they can share it It's not easy. It's not easy to let go and say, hey, come onto my world. I'm going to show you the ropes. And it sounds like Gloria did just that. Yeah, she had a mentor that 
encourage her to go into that field. And she didn't have all the qualifications that she needed. This was not something that I decided on until after I finished undergrad because I had a woman mentor who said, you need to consider this. And she pushed me for it. So I didn't even envision myself where I am four years ago. She didn't have the GPA. It was a (laughs) 2.9. If you think about it sometimes, like people that are are applying to grad school, they're like, you have to be above a 3.5. And I'm over here like, "Mm." She wasn't even sure if it was something that she was qualified to go into. And she also didn't think she was smart enough. When you think of higher education, like past a bachelor's degree, there's definitely a lot of checking off the boxes to make yourself feel like you should even consider applying. I had a friend who is now a PhD candidate at UCLA in mechanical engineering. And when we talked about it, I told him, I don't know enough to actually go into a PhD program. And he said, but that's why you need to go to a PhD program to learn more. And I think that was a moment where I was like, I need to reframe what higher education is. So there were a lot of doubts that she had, but it took multiple people helping her to see that she actually can do it for her to be able to get to where she is today. She had somebody who trusted and believed in her and her potential. We don't do that as often as we should. That is actually very limiting when it comes to especially in education and especially how black and brown communities are are looked at. And that gets translated throughout the system. So having someone who can actually see you as your potential or your possibility is essential because then is where grit comes into play. If someone can actually have that level of power and influence over you to say, you can do this, you can do whatever you want, you just need to apply to it. You just need to have that determination, that fire, that, oh, that I want to do it. And you just need to put the effort. I think if we get into seeing who the person possibility could be, that will bring about so much change. Because then you're talking about providing somebody a vision and then the tools for them to achieve it rather than limiting their future and limiting their own goal thinking and their own possibility creation. One of the internal things that happened throughout that process for her was she decided that this is a time as a Latina to stop thinking of herself as a victim. We're fostering a world where girls should not see themselves as minorities anymore. Because I think a lot of corporations and academia and R1 institutions are fostering those environments for them to succeed. So we should not approach it as like, the man in the system is against me. Because then we develop this identity of I'm the one. I'm the one that made it through. And when another Latina woman of color steps in, our identity starts to feel threatened. And I think we need to approach it more as together we're stronger and we're going to lift each other up. 
I think it's a little bit controversial, Rosa, because you and I have had many conversations with women who are like, I'm the only one and I need to pave the way for others because I'm the only one. Whereas Gloria is saying, I'm the only one, but she decided to start looking at herself as a part of a much bigger picture where other Latinas could come and support each other. And she created a whole nother world because of it. I grew up in a Hispanic community where there were a lot of Latinas, you know, pursuing chemistry, biochem, STEM in general. I saw Latinas, Latinos at different levels, different industries, different disciplines. And my mentors always talked about, you know, talk about how you're a Latina in STEM and that you're a minority of the minorities. And I always felt kind of awkward, like talking about it because like, I was like, really? Like, I don't know how much I believe that. But then I came to Michigan and oh my God, I saw it and I felt it. I was considered very like whitewashed and, you know, Latinas don't watch Gossip Girl. They don't drink wine. They don't drink craft beer. I was even like kind of hesitant to use the term Latina because I was like, oh, I don't check off the boxes of what a Latina is. And then I came out here and it was the thing that just brought me extremely close to my culture. And that's when I knew I am a Latina and I don't subscribe to any definition that people use. I find all this fascinating, right? There's a lot of work being done now in organizations by various universities around both collective intelligence and collective leadership. The reason what Gloria talks about makes me think about collective intelligence is how you harness the power of the system rather than the power of the individual. I always say it's about how you make sure that when others succeed, you also succeed. It's about how you let go, that this is not about you anymore. It's about really advancing together. It's about advancing your community. It's about advancing where you can actually make an impact. My mentors were just like, when you look good, we look good. And I think that was a moment where I was like, oh, wait, so you're not threatened by my success? Okay, good. This is like healthy. I don't, I don't want to be a threat. Now we have another woman in the world who is looking at things like our DNA and looking at the future because of other women and men who opened up a whole new world of possibility for her. If any of our listeners are wondering how they can start amplifying the voices of other women, bringing people together, I would highly suggest taking Gloria's idea of congratulating people. It is that easy. All she did was she looked at her friends, saw who was doing something cool, and said congratulations. It is not that hard to create an ecosystem of amazingness. You just start by saying something nice to someone. How about that? (laughs) Alisa, congratulations. You're brilliant. (laughs) You're beautiful. (laughs) And when you shine, I shine. (laughs) When you shine, I shine. inspiring stories, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a guest you'd love to hear on the show, send us a DM on Instagram at colorforwardpod. I'm Elisa Monjadas, producer of Color Forward. Thanks for joining us and please leave us a review.